Hey guys, welcome to another episode of What the Tech Am I Doing? This is one you don't want to miss. Cricket was so insightful, and as I'm editing this, I actually have already gone through the exercise, and I've noticed the benefits. So please listen to the whole thing. I think it'd really benefit you, and I'd love to hear your feedback. Enjoy. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of What the Tech Am I Doing? Today, we have Cricket, who was Uh, an amazing person to come on and gracious to spend her time doing the podcast today. Um, Ironically, she, we met for a podcast that will be recorded. um, When you finally hear this, it'll be recorded that week and coming out uh, two weeks after. So keep an eye out for that. It's about crucial conversations, but upon our conversation, we did find out, I found out that she actually leads a, a course that's the intentionally designed life workshop and I thought with all the feedback we've been getting from listeners thing that we needed to prioritize and so getting some advice from a professional on this is going to be awesome so I really appreciate uh, you coming on the podcast Cricket. Oh thanks Sally I'm so happy to be here. Yeah so we're gonna just dive right into it in uh, the essence of time so you know where did you, how did you get into this field um, and how did you choose this, the designing your life um, to help people? Like what, what, what came about it and how did you go about developing the course and everything? Yeah, so I remember back to my early 20s and I found myself really searching for more in my life and feeling a little unsettled. And I was working in a job that felt uh, like I was underutilizing my mind and looking for love in all the wrong places as one does <laughs> in your early 20s and feeling like, oh my goodness, life, life could be more than this and feeling a little stuck. Uh, change was always really, really hard for me and I wasn't quick to make change in my life. And mm-hmm. I remember specifically, I was having a conversation with a dear friend of mine, his name is Marco. And we were sitting after work on a, a pier overlooking a lake. And he asked me, what would a perfect day look like for you? And I said, oh, Marco, I have no idea. And he said, no, 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 no. Let's explore this together. And and he walked (laughs) me through a conversation where he really just guided me along and asked me the most poignant questions. And I started dreaming of what a life could look like in a way that I never had before. And I got really excited about it. And um, he started writing down everything that we were talking about. And before long, I had this whole vision of my life. And I thought, oh my goodness, is it possible that I could really live near a beach and have a flexible schedule with my life and maybe paint a little bit before work and then and then mm-hmm. have, have a brunch with an amazing family and lots of children? Uh, you know, and so I was just imagining this whole day um, where I was wearing this long white dress and this lovely man made me waffles. Anyway, it was just very (laughs) exciting. And I thought um, how wonderful it would be to get really dressed up for work. Um, And in the middle of the day, just go give a speech to some executives and feel really proud of myself. And at the time I was working in a call center. So this is very different from my life. (laughs) And I got really excited and I realized I could start making some of these changes right now. There is absolutely no reason that I can't just go by myself a white 
dress and take a painting <laughs> class. And, and I started making these little tiny changes. And I thought, this is very exciting. I, I feel like I have agency in my life in a way that I hadn't really considered before. And then a few years later, I, I had brunch with a man that I had started to date and he made me waffles. And I thought, I know this waffle. I recognize (laughs) this waffle. And I thought, I'm supposed to marry this man. This is, this is the future I imagined for myself. And it became very clear to me, the power of building a vision for my life, because then it would be so obvious to me when it came time to make decisions, which decisions felt right for me and which decisions weren't right for me. And I knew immediately that I need to start looking for a job where I could, I could train executives and people would have high expectations of me and my work and I would dress up. And there was something about just seeing and feeling that day that gave me permission to explore. And I moved into doing more professional training as a result of that vision and started learning a lot of tools. You know, social science research is exploding in the last couple of decades, and there are so many amazing tools out there. And I started realizing that organizations were hiring me to come in and train them on these tools and how they could benefit the teams and and the the operations that people were engaging in every day. And I started making some connections for myself. And I realized I need these tools in my life. (laughs) And I, I started thinking very deeply about how to take these tools that I was learning and teaching professionals day to day um, and thinking, well, how do I use them for myself? How can I, for example, set goals. I'm sure everybody's heard of smart goals, teaching executives how to use smart goals in their work. And I thought, well, how, how can I do that for myself? How can I, how can I set meaningful objectives for myself and then develop a plan to make sure that I'm moving in the direction that I want. And so the more and more and more I was exposed to the tools that I was introducing to organizations, the more I started thinking about the package of tools I needed for myself. And I, over time, just amassed quite a collection and I felt guilty not sharing them, quite frankly. (laughs) So I started talking to friends and I started bringing together groups. And I find that people enjoy self-reflecting in small group environments. And I find that people enjoy feeling supported uh, by 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 small groups of people who are willing to offer ideas and and, and accountability and um, and there's something about the vulnerability of that that I found works better in same sex groups. So I I often would play with who comes together and how can we support each other. And it was mostly selfish for me because I was getting so much out of the group support <laughs> and wanting to introduce tools that meant something to me. And um, and I found that I was building meaningful community. So that's what drew me into wanting to share some of these tools and and found that they were just incredibly useful for me. And I've been able to set a lot of really specific goals over the course of my life that have been able to come to fruition because I had a clear plan about how I was going to get there. It was really helpful to me. So that's where it all came from. That's amazing. I love that so much. There's a few things that you mentioned that I want to touch on. And first, that feeling of the the sharing of your feeling of how you, how you were unsatisfied um you weren't sure you know when when your friend was like oh what is your dream life you're like i don't, I don't know you know yeah. and i feel like so many people are in that spot and maybe we don't dare to dream let let our allow ourselves and let ourselves sit down and 
truly experience it, you know, if we were able to design our own life, really, really, what would it look like? Because then, you know, that takes the the guesswork, the complaining, the unknown, it takes it out of the, the equation. Um, and then what you mentioned about visualizing and, and the details down to the waffle. And, you know, when these things occur, you, you can see it. And I think that's the power of manifestation is what you're mentioning. Because if you have that goal, that dream life, uh, the vision in your head, and it's clear to you, when things come up, like you're saying that, feed into that or can allow further growth into that you like you said you you could recognize it so quickly versus if you don't have that you might not it might not be as clear if that is the right option for you or the right choice um so I love I love everything you've said so far uh and that's a really amazing way that you got into it well and I think what you just said is so key um when I ask people now in my coaching practice what what are your goals what do you want for your life? A lot of times that is the problem. And they stare at me blankly and say, I don't know. I just know that what I'm, where I am right now isn't, isn't enough. And so I've found that if you just access the conversation intellectually, it often stresses people out. It feels demotivating or demoralizing, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. And I found that sometimes um, getting at it through guided questions my friend sitting with me saying, walk me through your day. Where would you go? What would you eat? What would you wear? That was easy. But if I had to just answer, what do I want out of my life? Oh, I would be totally frozen. And I think right now, especially people are in such a state of flux and not even of our own choosing. The pandemic has really upended everything. And I think people are ready for a change and they're ready to be intentional. But if you just say what's next, they don't necessarily know. And so that's why I think having a, a partner in the process, even just a good friend to say, let's explore this together can be very powerful. I also think um, in, in my practice, I use a lot of art to have people just put paint on a paper. It doesn't have to be beautiful, but just to <laughs> say, you know, if I were to assign colors to the categories of my life that I care about, and I would I were to put them on a piece of paper and look at what what life looks like right now. You know, what do the categories of my life look like? And people just dump paint and it's really unattractive <laughs> sometimes. It's like, well, what, what do we want it to look like? What if we mm-hmm. could be intentional about vision, you know, imagining a vision um, that, that appeals to us? Sometimes playing with finger paint and going through some guided partnering um, in your visioning is a lot more fun. And, and that's, Something that I found is that we tend to get really stressy about some of this work (laughs) and real judgy. We judge ourselves for not making the progress we want. We judge ourselves for not having the answers so clearly identified. And that really gets in the way of our ability to play with our future and give ourselves permission to imagine bringing more joy into our life when it starts to feel like this is a job and I should do it and I'm doing it wrong. Well, then our brain says, no, thank you. And it turns off. So yeah, for me, it's about making it fun, making it connecting, um, allowing ourselves to feel a little inspired somehow along the way. I like that. So I guess let's start there because myself, I think everything you're saying is amazing, but I find myself being like, yeah, but how, how do I know what I want? Um, even the goals that we set out there, you know, maybe you have a goal for 
your job or your career or your family or your financials. Um, but then I notice sometimes even like if you ask yourself, if I ask myself, you know, the why of where my goals are coming from, I'm like, I don't know, is it to make me happy or is it because that's what I think I should do? So how can someone, can you guide us through like how to start that? You know, just the, the first question of, um, you know, what do you want? Because I'm guessing that's the first step. Yeah, and it's you made me think of a quote that's been shared. I'm I don't know if you've heard this before, but I just love it where people say, "Don't let others should all over you." <laughs> <laughs> and it's so easy to feel like we just have to follow the trajectory that others have set before us. Um, for me, it's about going way out into the future and asking, "What could life look like in ten years?" Because if I try to do the work within this year, I get real stuck because I'm so trapped by the constraints of my current life. And right now during a pandemic, the constraints are even harder. So for me, it's really useful to do, to, you know, to, you could journal or you could talk to a friend about what could a perfect day look like in 10 years or uh, to do a painting of what life could look like in 10 years, or to even ask yourself at the end of my life, what do I want people to say I've accomplished? And just do a little mm. writing about that. It's really very powerful about the, the language that we use. Um, it shapes our beliefs and it shapes, um, you know, what we work towards. So finding the words um, can be really useful in that way. Um, sometimes if we say, I need to set a goal for my career or a goal for my relationship, then we feel all this pressure to get it exactly right. And then we think I'm doing it wrong. I set the wrong goal. <laughs> and again, the judgment kicks in and it gets in our way. I find sometimes sitting down to write a hundred goals is actually <laughs> way more freeing because then we, we, we can't do it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I do that with my groups. I have them write 100 goals. It sometimes takes a, a week or two. Um, but we push ourselves and we start thinking about the little things that would make us happy. Even just having flowers on the table <laughs> every week can be a goal. You know, the little things that we make progress on and we feel like at, enrich our daily lives, bring us a little joy, bring us a little confidence, bring us a little direction, um, help us with the bigger ones. So I would say if you get stuck on the goal setting process, just allow yourself to think of a lot of different goals and mm -hmm. give yourself permission to change your mind because it's not a forever commitment. It's, it's mm -hmm. a direction, you know, we're, we're on a journey and I think we just have to pivot the way we, the way we face and stand and move. And sometimes we go one direction and then life moves us in a different direction, but it's really helpful to have a, a direction in front of us. So we pick something today that we think might be interesting. And as soon as it stops being interesting, then we ask ourselves what's next. Uh, so I think removing that pressure can be really helpful. Yeah. I never thought of it as the hundred goals, but even you mentioning it, it feels like, Oh, how fun. You just write everything you would want to do. And you, it's not, cause I feel like so often it's like you write five goals and then you're, you're like, okay, now I have to accomplish them versus Maybe you don't get all 100. Uh, maybe you don't even want to do 50 after uh, a bit. But, you know, seeing if you let your mind get a little creative and just wonder what what really would come out of it. Yeah, and sometimes it's just imagining how you want people to think of you. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a mother. 
and I sometimes ask myself, how do I want my children to describe me one day? Um, what do I want to accomplish at work? What do I, how do I want people to introduce me when I'm at a networking event? You know, just asking yeah. myself questions like that can sometimes introduce opportunities for me, you know, where I think I'm not sure somebody would introduce me like that right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that provides an opportunity <laughs> for me to set some goals and to develop some skills. And, and, you know, once you have a sense of something to start with, and again, it might not be the end goal, the end all be all goal, but a goal, then, then it begins the movement. And to me, it's all about a journey. So what would move me forward? And, and then from there, we can start saying, all right, I'm going to pick something to start with. It doesn't really even matter what it is. And then I just break it down into manageable steps. And I think what needs to happen in order to get closer to that goal. Yes. And, and, and then it's the really actionable steps. So I always use this, um, this acronym DOTS to, mm-hmm. to represent uh, do one task. And I think, what are the little tiny tasks that, that add up to making progress on whatever goal I have in mind? And sometimes they're very little, like I need to call the bank. (laughs) I need to look at the budget and I don't want to look at the budget because that's stressful. So I just need to print out the balance from the bank and then I need to look at the month's spending. Okay, great. That's progress. Little baby steps and they add up. So um, if if you can make it accessible, and the steps feel tiny enough, then it, it actually doesn't have to feel so overwhelming and stressful. It can actually feel like, hey, cool, look, I'm making progress. This feels really good. And action begets action. So we feel confident and we feel prepared and then we feel ready to move on to the next thing. So it helps me to just pick something on the list and then start to make progress. I love that. Yeah, you'll feel less uh, resistant. So you're like, oh, okay, I can make a phone call. And then, you know, if that's it, then that's it. But then, you know, if I feel the momentum, maybe I can keep going down the list. (laughs) Yeah. And usually after you make the phone call, it's very clear to you what else needs to happen. And then the momentum's there. So it's like, well, I already started on this. I might as well keep going. And it's especially (laughs) helpful if you can announce to someone else who's willing to hold you accountable what it is that you want to do. Even if you call a sibling and say, oh, my goodness, you have to make me call the bank this week. (laughs) I do this with my siblings all the time. I'm like, please text me on Sunday and make sure I called the bank. So you, know, <laughs> it, it, you can find accountability buddies really anywhere. Um, it's especially awesome if you find somebody who's interested in having you hold them accountable too, because then there's some reciprocity and you feel a little bit obligated towards each other. Um, but to set some weekly dots <laughs> and to say, this is what I'm working on, please check in. I'll check in on you. And if anything's getting in the way, let's help each other. Um, Really powerful. I don't think we're meant to do this alone. I don't think any of us were meant to be on this journey by ourselves. In some ways, that's why this last year has been hard because we've been so isolated and we have to work hard to find our people. Even if it's a colleague at work to say, I want to do this. Do you want to do this? Let's do this together. Let's, let's talk once a week at lunchtime for 10 minutes and check in. And I've done that with so many friends over the years. And we both benefit so much from that. And the connections are so beautiful, um, you know, because you find your people that care about the things you care about. And it's really nice to have that. Yeah, I have been, I've been pushing myself lately to be a little more, more verbal, um, especially with, you know, how I'm feeling or the things I'm doing or the things I'm working on. And I've noticed 
the more I vocalize that with people, the more they vocalize it back. And I'm like, oh, we're all just trying to do things, you know? And so to your point, you know, if you can vocalize that and, and reach out to someone, I can almost guarantee they'll they'll appreciate that. So of the audience listening, if you're not taking notes, you probably should be, because uh, I'm even taking notes. Um, but take this as an opportunity. Like, think of someone that you can reach out to and, and be your accountability buddy. Um, and think of, you know, as we're going through this, what steps you want to you want to take to designing that intentional life. Okay, so we have step one, um, you know, thinking of what your life will look like in 10 years. Um, you know, if you can't think of a few goals, you know, take that restriction off of yourself and just write a ton. Are there questions they can ask themselves if, if they're still stuck? If they're like, I don't know what I want to do tomorrow, let alone the next in 10 years, you know, are there any motivation? There's there's a lot you can think about. I would say reach back into your past and think about the moments where you felt the most free, the most productive, the most joyful. Think about the moments where you felt the most impactful, where you felt like you had a nice connection that made you feel like getting out of bed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and see if you can recreate more of that feeling. What was it that you had in your life that you want more of? Mm-hmm. And conversely, what's not working? What are you feeling is a total drain on you? And ask yourself, what would life look like if I weren't doing that anymore? What would I fill that hole with? <laughs> what would I rather, <laughs> how would I rather be spending my time? And it, it, it might not be fully defined at this point. It could just be a feeling, mm-hmm. right? I want to feel more organized. I want to have more work-life balance. Great. Well, what does that look like for you? <laughs> and then drill down into that. Does that mean that you save all your vacation time and you go on one big trip a year? Is that meaningful to you? Or is it that you talk to your family members once a week because that makes you feel loved and seen and heard and connected and you have a support system? Is it that you want to birth something creative into the world? Mm-hmm. Um, you might not know what that creative project looks like yet, but I guarantee if you give yourself permission to go exploring, you'll try some things and you might find out what doesn't work. And then you'll find out maybe what does feel a little bit better, or you might find your people over time that help you figure out some of that stuff. Again, it's just ideas and movement. It doesn't have to be exact. And I would say if you start getting hung up on, oh, I can't, I can't figure out this part of my perfect day. I can't, I can't answer the questions about, well, what would my exact job look like? Well, ask yourself, well, do you know how you'd want to dress when you go to work? For me, that was really insightful. I want to dress up. I want to go to places that feel fancy and I want to talk to important people. Okay, great. Well, that cuts out a lot of jobs, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, um, or ask yourself, what kind of building would you love to work in? Or what kind of home would you imagine yourself really thriving in? You know, would you just want to live near the beach or would you want to have access to the woods? Because sometimes just a geography or um, thinking about what weather makes you happy. If you need to be in a lot of sunshine and some people really do, well, that's going to narrow down your options in the next (laughs) 10 years, right? So sometimes just getting really specific about tiny details We'll just introduce more questions. Yeah, that's a good point. 
it's like you might find yourself going in in ways and one question might spark a ton of other questions yeah I just, I I would say sit with the questions. The questions are sometimes the most important part. Write down your questions. If you can't decide what you want, well, what are the questions that need to be answered? That's your Mm -hmm. next step is to think about the questions and find some answers. And then from there, ask yourself what new questions are emerging. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I think this is, I'd assume if you can get through this part, the rest is a little easier. <laughs> well, yeah, because then it's just reverse engineering. Mm-hmm. It's you start with this big goal in mind and you back up and say, all right, well, what would a plan look like to get there? And then you just start laying out the steps and you break it down and you set some timelines and you ask people to hold you accountable. And before you know it, voila, progress. So I don't mean to be flippant about it, but I think it really is about, <laughs> you know, just thinking about it in terms of a project in some ways, you know, most of us know how to get projects done if we know what the project looks like. And I just think that we don't always think of our own life in such a simple way. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, last one before we move on for this one, because I want to make sure that, you know, if people are still getting stuck, they have a resource. Is there, do you have resources or recommend uh, resources for uh, maybe there's questions out there maybe your website um you know if you're really stuck maybe maybe they reach out and take the course um (laughs) so do you have things if if they feel like it was difficult based on this direction to guide themselves what you would recommend oh my gosh if anybody ever emailed me i would just absolutely send them all kinds of ideas (laughs) i'm always happy to do that i mean there are so many books out there about how to think about your life in big ways um i i think What's uh, sometimes even more helpful is to start thinking about the habits that we engage in every day and if the habits that we have are feeling aligned with who we want to be. So even Mm -hmm. if if you don't have a clear sense of what the goal might need to be, I would say, you know, just think about your daily habits. Um, How are you eating? How are you sleeping? How are you spending your free time? How much time are you spending lost in social media? You know, I mean, (laughs) and and if, if you see any opportunities to make little changes, often it's those little wins that can make a difference. There are so many wonderful books about uh, building habits. Um, I work with a class um, called the power of habits. So I, I mean, I can speak to the benefit of that one. I love James clear, who wrote Atomic Habits. Um, and I would say, you know, those those can be great to think about because you can get so many good ideas in the moment about how to start making changes. Even if you aren't fully clear on what the long-term vision looks like, um, you can very easily look at the balance of your day and say, is it where I want it to be? Mm-hmm. Okay. The Power well, of Habits is by, by Charles Duhigg. Full disclosure, I work with Charles in his class, so <laughs> not trying to promote anything here, but I've, I've just found that um, those two books have been especially helpful for me. Okay, good to know. And then this might be slightly off topic, but I think it's important. I've in the society and the culture and the up and coming generations, I think self care and balance and work life balance, um, these are all becoming big topics. And so there's starting to become the balance of 
pushing yourself, reaching your goals, but letting yourself rest yes. and relax. And this is something myself I struggle with. And so uh, maybe a selfish question, but how do you, you know, work on balancing, stacking these habits, reaching your goals, designing the life you want, but also not pushing yourself too hard and allowing yourself time to making yourself feel okay to do nothing that's benefiting your life. If that, you know, something without an ROI. Yes. Well, I mean, it's back to this idea of zero judgment, Mm -hmm. Um, being really gentle with ourselves and giving yourself permission to pay attention to your body. (laughs) It's, you know, that's what mindfulness is all about. It's about how do I feel in my body right now? Am I stressed? Am I exhausted? Am I craving healthy nutrition? <laughs> like what, <laughs> what is missing for me right now to feel like I have the energy to do anything? And mm-hmm. sometimes we start there. Sometimes the most perfect thing you can do is nothing. Mm-hmm. It's sitting and daydreaming. It's allowing yourself to read a book that fills you with joy. It's about going for a walk or just moving your body outdoors or allowing yourself to sleep, um, making time to socialize in a way that fills you back up again. Um, For me, it's about, this is all about balance. And so we have to ask ourselves, if I'm intentionally designing my life, what do I want it to look like? I don't want to be stressed out. I don't want to be short with people. I don't want to be judging myself and feeling awful. Um, so that that's integrated into the work. How do I want to feel? How do I want to show up? Um, and our, our bodies allow us to do all the work. and We cannot neglect them or they will not function for us. So I think uh, when we're feeling depleted, we have to make that the priority. Um, I, I don't want to say we have to, we get to, to. um, and you know, it's all about establishing the boundaries that we need to establish in order to protect our energy and protect our capabilities, whatever that looks like. Yes. I love that. Thank you so much. I love and acknowledge the change in vocabulary you just did from we have to, to we get to, I think that's. (laughs) It's powerful in everything, right? So not, you know, oh, I have to go to work. It's like, I get to go to work. You know, everything we're doing in our life is, like you're mentioning, a choice, a decision. Um, And even changing that small shift to acknowledge that, no, this is something I get to do. This is something I'm choosing to do, um, I think is is powerful. And then I also, uh, I circled, starred what you said can help. I was thinking through all the situations that occur, and I think this question you you posed would help in all of the ones I'm thinking of. But you said, what is missing for me to have the energy to do what I want or, or need to do? And so not just saying, I don't have the energy right now, I'm going to relax, but taking it a step further and saying, okay, what's missing, you know? And, and I think that both allows you to relax, but then also maybe you're missing something, maybe work's too stressful. So it's not just relaxing, it's can I change this? And so I'm, I started, I, I highlighted it, I circled it. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to challenge myself to start asking myself those questions when I feel like I'm, I'm the energy to do what I 
what I want to do. Well, I think for me, that's the crux of everything. You talk about self-care. I think self-care, uh, it means a lot of different <laughs> things to a lot of different people. And I think for a long time, people talked about self-care, like you're getting manicures and you're going for massages. And quite frankly, I don't think that's what we're talking about. <laughs> I think self-care is sometimes saying no to your mm-hmm. boss. I think self-care sometimes means that you prioritize that walk in the middle of the day over lunch because it's the only thing that's going to make you, you know, help you get through. Um, it's, it's the idea that um, we have to take care of the resources available to us to do the work. And I think, you know, in one way we can ask ourselves what's missing for me to have the energy I need. And that's a great question that has helped me over the years. But also, what's the cost if I don't change Mm. this? Because there is a cost to most decisions. And if we can sort of think about behavioral economics in this way, like, you know, what's the payoff? What's Mm -hmm. the payoff for me? Is this going to get me more of what I want and more of what is going to serve the world? Is this going to help me align with my greatest contribution in the world? Greg McEwen in his book, Essentialism, talks about how it's really important for us to align our time with our greatest purpose and value. Am I doing that when I'm depleted and I'm half functioning? No. Am I staying in a situation because I'm scared where I'm not fully realizing my best self and I'm not contributing in a way that means something to me? What's the cost of that for my health, for the world, for my relationships, for my sense of self? You know, and I think we can find motivation in exploring what's the impact of me continuing to do what I'm currently doing. And what would I need to make a change? And sometimes we're not ready to make the change until we make different changes Mm -hmm. or we get the right support or we ask different questions or we set up a contingency plan that allows us to feel less at risk when we think about making changes. And so again, back to that small, small, small step, what's the very Mm -hmm. next thing I could do, um, you know, to, to start showing up the way I want to show up. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay, so then on the topic of the next step, what, so at this point, we hope that they have the, their, you know, goals and what do they want in life and what is their, what is that ideal life of theirs look like? So, so now what, now what do they do in terms of designing their life? Yeah, so I think we start with the big picture. We um, pick a goal, any goal. (laughs) (laughs) And then we think, all right, when do I want to have that goal done? And what would it take to get there? And maybe that means we've got a lot of steps that we we have in front of us. So I, I like to write them down. I like to think about when it's likely that I'm going to get those done, being really realistic and cognizant of all the commitments I've made to myself and not wanting to do it in a way where it's going to make me feel depleted or ineffective. And then think about, all right, well, where do I want to start? And what could I do right now to to begin making progress. And again, breaking it down to those tiny little steps means I'm more likely to start to do it. So start with the big picture. Think about all the steps that would need to happen to be able to accomplish the goal and set some timelines in place. And then from there, I would say, put it on the calendar, tell a friend, Mm -hmm. put it on your to-do list and start making progress. It's as simple as that. (laughs) <laughs> it sounds so simple. It's, I mean, it's, it's the work of our lives. So uh, yeah. it's, it's complex, but thinking about it 
doesn't have to be can be quite joyful actually that's so true yeah if you're the the way you're going about it it's not a stressful situation it's letting yourself enjoy what could be and then you know enjoying the journey to get there and not not being so hard on ourselves Yes, which is the hardest part sometimes. <laughs> and a lot of time in my classes really helping people explore. What are you saying to yourself <laughs> every day, all day long, that might be making it hard for you to feel motivated or to feel committed or to feel clear on, on where you're heading? Uh, we say some very ugly things to ourselves. Uh, sometimes just keeping a journal of what's coming up. Mm can be really eye-opening mm -hmm. and then think to yourself would I ever talk to a friend like this <laughs> <laughs> if my friend said these ugly things to me how would I counteract that what would I say to her mm -hmm. to comfort her to move her into a more positive headspace and we usually know we usually know what we'd say to a friend and I think we have to train <laughs> ourselves to start treating ourselves like a friend it's not always mm -hmm. easy I know we always much harder on ourselves and you're right. You know, sometimes you're like, I would never say that to a friend. I never be that hard on someone I love yet. Here we are. Exactly. So it's a good reminder. <laughs> yeah. I think we're trying to um, celebrate the wins along the way too. You know, we tend to think, well, I'll just beat myself down. And then when I feel really demotivated, that's when I'll pick myself up and do something. Well, <laughs> not actually, you're probably going to just pull out some chocolate and sit on the couch. So I think um, for me, you know, just really celebrating the progress and having a friend do that with us can be so powerful. Mm. Um, and, you know, when a mistake happens or we don't do the thing we wanted to do, okay, great. What can I learn from that? <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just information. It's all a learning opportunity. Yeah. Exactly. I actually did hear a, a interview with Sean White, the Olympic gold snowboarder. And he was like, oh, I never lose. He's like, if I don't, if I mess up and, you know, don't win the medal, he's like, I just learn how to beat the person the next time. And then he's yes. like, and if I win, then I got a medal. <laughs> I was like, wow. I love that, <laughs> I love that attitude. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, you know, we set intentions for ourselves all the time and life gets in the way of those as it should. We can't predict the future. We can't control <laughs> for outcomes. I think sometimes we're incredibly hard on ourselves when we don't get the outcome that we're after. But mm -hmm. let's just all be honest with ourselves. We cannot predict the future. We have a lot of things in our lives that we're not in control over this last year and a half has taught us anything. And so I always like to focus on, well, what can I, what can I control? What are the things that I know I can do? And, mm -hmm. you know, it'll go the way it goes and I'll pivot if I need to pivot and that's okay. But to celebrate the work of doing the thing <laughs> is, is so freeing because, all right, maybe, maybe I don't get the promotion. Okay. But I, I took a bunch of classes this year and I learned a bunch of stuff and I feel great about that, right? And that teaches me what I need to do to get the next promotion or how to pivot in my job search or maybe I, I didn't lose the weight that I wanted. Okay, well, thyroid deficiencies are going to mess with your plan. So good luck trying to control all that. But maybe I, can, <laughs> maybe I can commit to eating a different kind of lunch every day and I can be proud of myself when I do that um, and not be so you know hard on ourselves when we don't we don't get the outcome that we're hoping to predict. It just doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. I've, I've heard 
benefit, and I'm not sure if you've done this or I've recommended it, but of having a successes board. I mean, so often we, we always list our goals and then, you know, you'll, maybe we'll check them off. Uh, satisfying. I know I like to check things off of a list and say, I've done them, but having a successes board. So when something happens, if, even if it's not accomplishing the goal, but a step towards the goal, you know, like you said, journaling or putting that in your planner or, you know, having a, a board where you're like, oh, I, you know, I did that some, some way to almost recognize yourself for the, for the good work, even if it's, the, especially when the goal is, you know, maybe five years in the future, yes. um, giving yourself motivation along the way and, and praise along the way, because it, it takes a lot to just, you know, the little steps. Oh my gosh, it's so true. And um, I, I actually have created a, an online document that I use with my my groups, uh, which I'd be happy to share with any of your listeners if anybody ever oh. wanted to reach out. Um, it's just a tracking system. And we put our goals in there and we break down the dots. You know, what are the tasks that need to happen that week? And I tell people you can only have four dots a week because you've got other stuff you're going to do anyway. <laughs> you're going <laughs> to do your job and you're going to feed yourself and you're going to take care of everything. <laughs> so uh, we only work on adding up to four extra things a week, very tiny things. Um, and then we give ourselves little check marks when we do them. And then we give ourselves gold stars when we, <laughs> when we accomplish everything we plan to accomplish that week. Um, and they're just little moments of success. And we and we go around and we say, what did you do this week? And we, we honor that because... Because um, our brains like that little little reward of feeling acknowledged. Mm-hmm. And when our brains get used to that feel-good feeling, we want to do more of it. And if we just beat ourselves up for only doing three instead of four things this <laughs> week, then our brain says, that feels terrible. I don't want to do that. So yeah, that, re- that reward system is really important. And it can be a very mm-hmm. tiny shift in the way we think about and track and talk about our our successes. Um, you know, I save every note that makes me feel happy. I have an email folder called kudos. Anytime somebody sends me an email, I put it right in there. And every time I'm having a moment, I'm like, I'm going to go read my kudos folder. (laughs) So I I love that so much. (laughs) Well, it also helps if you need to prove to your boss every now and then that you're doing stuff. (laughs) You know, so I just like to hold (laughs) on to that stuff. It's, it's very helpful. Sometimes we have to promote our, promote ourselves um, to others in order to be able to have the opportunities we want. We have to be able to talk about the successes without feeling (laughs) embarrassed about it. And I think part of it is just allowing ourselves to feel the beauty of that along the way. Yeah, for sure. No, thank you. I mean, it's clear that you're doing something right. I can, your, your attitude and your outlook. Um, So I, I love that we've had the opportunity to have this session how the people are going to get a lot. I think this is one of my favorite podcasts that I've had. Um, so I'm really glad you came on. I can't even wait for crucial conversations that's coming next. Oh my but- gosh. Thank you, Dolly. Well, um, seriously, anybody's welcome to reach out to me. Um, I have new classes coming up. Um, they're all virtual and I have tools that I'm happy to share over email. So please, please don't be shy about reaching out. I, I'd, I'd love to build my community in that way. So tell them how they can reach out. I know you have a website. And yeah, email or- yeah, probably the easiest thing is just to go to um, intentionally designed life.com and you can sign up to get information and I'd be happy to send you everything I've got. Nice. Okay. And I'll make sure to put that in the description so you guys 
can check it out. Um, anything else, any advice on courses or books? And then I do ask all my uh, um, interviewer, interviewees of leaving the audience with a piece of advice you have. So any courses or books or anything, um, we already mentioned yours, so anything else you want to add? And then just, just leaving them with an overarching piece of advice. Sure. So one of my favorite books is called The Art of Possibility by Rosamond Stone Zander and Benjamin Zander. Um, it's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, Benjamin Zander is a conductor of the Boston Philharmonic um, and is a teacher. And uh, he wrote the book with his wife, who is just incredible. And they introduce ideas for how to create innovative paradigms for personal and professional fulfillment. And I got a lot out of this book. Um, first of all, I just think it's beautifully written, um, mm -hmm. but it's, I think it, it really just opens up some ideas for how we can move into our future at work and also in our personal lives. So I, I wholeheartedly recommend that book. I absolutely love it. Thank you. Um, and I guess my advice would be just dare to dream. You know, I think for me, this has been my biggest challenge during the pandemic is in order to cope, I've just lowered my expectations. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm finding that, that I'm, I'm kind of finished with that. Um, it helped me cope for a while, but now I'm ready to crawl back out into the world a little bit. And I think a lot of people are, but it's hard to know where to start. And I think we're all ready for a little bit of change right now. Um, mm -hmm. I think just giving yourself permission to imagine what could be. And to know that anything's possible. Um, speaking aloud a desire is sometimes the hardest part. We feel very mm -hmm. at risk, very vulnerable, saying out loud, I think I'd like this in my life. But words are a form of action, says Ingrid Bengus. And mm -hmm. I love that. Just th that even if all we do is say out loud, I think I'd like this to change, or I think I could imagine this for myself, can be an incredible step. I love that. Step one, I think. Exactly. I mean, if you're able to verbalize it and think about it, you're you're on your way. And I mean, that's shown through the steps we even did. Most of the process and the hard part is actually just figuring out what you want and, and documenting that to, to kind of reassure it almost. But it's really just knowing what you want. <laughs> giving ourselves permission, which mm, I think is mm -hmm. for a lot that's of us really scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's safe to live your life uh, without, without thinking of the goals or the future you want. It's, it's secure, um, but maybe not as, as fulfilling. <laughs> yeah. Again, what's the cost? That's mm -hmm. the question, right? What's the cost? Yeah. If, if I'm okay with this, then great. I'm going to keep doing it. And if I feel like there's a cost to me that I'm not okay with, that's often enough motivation. Yeah. Well, thank you so much cricket for coming on. This was, Seriously, so amazing. I am already anticipating the people reaching out and saying it's good. And please feel free to reach out to myself or Cricket. And if you enjoyed this, uh, feedback's always welcome because then that helps us shape the rest of the podcast. Um, but make sure to check out um, her website, so the intentionally designed life.com, correct? Intentionally designed life.com. Mm -hmm. Intentionally designed life.com. Awesome. And then Stay tuned. Check back in in uh, two weeks for the Crucial Conversations podcast to be uploaded. 
Dolly, it's been such a treat to talk to you. Thank you so much for this. Thank you. This was uh, really outstanding. Help, helped me, and I'm sure it's going to help a lot of other people. So it means a lot. It's not not everyone's willing to come on and, and sh- share the uh, openly share advice to everyone, especially when part of it is your business. So that does go a long way, and I, I recognize that, and I appreciate it. And it'll help people that maybe aren't in a position that they're they're ready for that step. But then, you know, hopefully it even helps people that maybe they need a little bit more and, and they'll reach out to you and then that'll create a, a connection there. So thank you so much. It's my pleasure.